Hey guys, welcome to episode 39 of the Dan Kiel Wellness Project podcast. This is a pretty um, important episode for me to be recording because the man that you're just about to listen to me speak to is one of my biggest inspirations, particularly over the last three years. He is the guy, him, both him and his co-host of the Generation Y podcast inspired me to start my own podcast and something that I'm interested in. So Aaron Habel, welcome to the Dan Kiel Wellness Project. Thank you, Dan. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. How have you coped with the um, kickback from the most recent episode of Generation Y? Uh, like always, we get a <laughs> we get a ton of support. We have people who question the way we cover things yeah. uh, here or there. We also have people who, for political reasons, uh, can't see eye to eye with us right. when we don't look at things politically. We don't ever look at an issue and say, what do our favorite politicians say about this? We literally look at everything at you know on its own value it, we don't we're not uh, influenced by anything yes and i think that's what p- appealed to me most when i came across the podcast it's it is three years ago since i've been listening um it was that approach and i i, I noted that you mentioned earlier on in, in the update episode after your re- most recent episode of brock turner that you said look dudes this is not scripted. Our show is not scripted. So if we miss things, it's because we didn't have time to get to it or it wasn't part of our narrative. So I just love that whole approach to tr- true crime podcasting that you guys have. Is, was that something that you planned from the start? Yes, basically. Two friends in a room talking about things that interest them? Yeah, it, we were influenced by the Joe Rogan experience. Ah, interesting. I did not know that. So, I mean, his show is so you know casual. Yeah. And that's how we started off is just, let's just talk about stuff we want to talk about. Um, but it was always true crime and conspiracies at the start, wasn't it? Yeah, we started off with a uh, jury trial that Justin was on, a uh, first-degree murder trial. And then I talked about Michael Peterson's case, which they just recently had another special on. Yeah, and it just grew from there. Yes. So how have you coped personally with, like, can you identify a point where Generation Y started to explode and it started taking up excessive amounts of your time responding to people's inquiries and putting out episodes can you remember that moment when you went oh shit this is huge it was 2015 after serial came out ah okay and what was that like for you for going from something that was probably a hobby at the time to something that you thought oh god this is really becoming very very popular give the people more of what they want yeah yeah and did you find did you find that that was a huge pressure on you personally it's pressure but you have to appreciate it and yourself and Justin have been friends for quite a long time, haven't you? Uh, we met in 1993. Wow. Am I correct in saying that he recognized a t-shirt that you were wearing or you recognized the t-shirt of a band that he was wearing and it went from there? Uh, yes. If you, have, if you know anyone in England, they might be familiar with a man by the name of Genesis Peorage. And I was wearing a Psychic TV shirt. Okay. And that's how you guys became friends. I'm a huge fan of Psychic TV. And Justin at least recognized that that's something that, you know, most people probably don't listen to. It's, it's different. Um, do you get a lot of requests to come on to other people's podcasts? Definitely. <laughs> so why did you want to come on to this one then? Ah, we love you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the reason cannot be that I'm your number one fan, surely. Uh, no, you have a great vibe about you and you're always giving us feedback or chiming in with something. So, you know, I try to keep track of the people that are, um, big fans of the show. 
Yeah, and I really appreciated the shout out you gave me. I can't remember what episode it was, but I uh, I did swerve my car a little bit because I always listen in my car on the way to work. You know, every Monday morning because it comes over, it comes out here on just around eleven p.m. Sunday evening. So, but I I managed to keep it straight on the road. But yeah, the real pressure from <clears throat> sorry, the real pressure from podcasting is keeping up with everything: the business, the podcasting, creating episodes, editing episodes, doing research, and getting all the topics lined up and yeah it just goes on and on and on so how does that how does that process actually work for you like would you say you spend most of your time with generation y now um most yes okay because you got to give the people what they want they're asking for more if we take a week (laughs) off which we're going to do um not this sunday but the next then we'll probably get a few messages from people saying you can't take weeks off this is not allowed (laughs) you're kidding no they just they want more content and they want us to release you know five six episodes a month and i just i can't do that well you surely your response your response to that has to be well if you pay me a salary i'll do that no even if they pay me i can't do that like there there are limits and in order to put out quality episodes it's difficult to cover too many things in one month yes you can oversaturate right yeah and money is not the primary focus. Um, mm. To give you an example, we had an advertiser that wanted to come on the show. Mm. It, they were a psychic advertiser, you know, so <laughs> they wanted us to promote their psychic call-in lines or something, <laughs> and they offered us a lot of money, but we said no. Ah, okay, okay. Because it, I guess the, the advertising is an inevitable part of a podcast when it gets big, but it does have to fall in line with the people who are listening and their values and your yours and Justin's values as well. Would it be right there? And and it's also about time. The amount of time we put in and effort we put in, you know, there should be some compensation. But the great thing is the advertisers are supported by the listeners who listen to the show who then support us. Yeah, so the, the, the wheel keeps turning and everything connects up really nicely there. And there's no out-of-pocket costs for the listener. Yeah, exactly. I've used the codes from Gen Y a couple of times already, getting gifts for my family and friends and a couple of things for myself. So I have benefited from that as well, as has the advertiser, as I've used. So I'm happy. And I had the hoodie, of course. The first hoodie of the new line. That's awesome. <laughs> so can you say a little bit more about, you know, you, you said that if you even if you got paid to do five, six episodes a month, you, you couldn't do that. Is there anything about the type of topics that you cover that means that you have to mind yourself in that process uh how so okay so you it gen y is primarily a true crime podcast right absolutely so you gotta and with the quality of the content that the the podcast puts out you and justin have to do your research a lot of research and it, it really shows in each episode so surely there comes a point where for yourself and your own mental health you have to say okay that's enough I have to mind myself and put my energy into other interests because if I was to do any more I get overload and what we call in the social care world as burnout yes and I've recently gone through a lot of stuff like that oh, okay okay and how did you deal with that arm I don't know that I have I'm doing my best I'm trying to make sure that I'm um bringing people in to do some of the work okay. but it there's still a lot of pressure on me yeah and is it to do with uh, obviously the workload is is one part of it but is it to do with the type of topics that you guys cover that leads to the burnout as well no there, there can be some mental fatigue okay. on certain types of subjects and that's why we don't cover you know murders of children 
yeah. too often because they really take a toll on me mentally. I, I get that, and I, I think I've only ever listened to one podcast that I'm not going to mention on here. That was the last episode I listened to that podcast on because it, it discussed that very topic, and um, I can't imagine that it's good for anybody to spend any time researching that kind of thing, you know? We should think about it, I guess. We should uh, be aware of how those things happen. But it's just, I need to spread those cases out quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, that is you minding yourself in this whole process. Right. And so this does take a toll on me, but it's mostly just from the amount of time that I put into it. Yeah. And while most people, maybe on a Friday, Saturday night, they're going out and doing things. Yeah. Uh, my Saturday night usually is, I'll watch the UFC event. <laughs> and then after that's over, I head down to my computer and I start editing. I start working on the show. And I'm up until 2, 3 in the morning. I don't think people realize this stuff. Like Right, but it's uh it's going out there now. <laughs> I'm telling everyone now. Yeah, yeah, no, but what I'm saying is I, I think it's really important that that message does get out there because like you said, you might take you just might take a week off and then you're getting messages saying people want their content and you're like, I want my life back for just a couple of days. Give like give us the space to do that and then continue to provide that content, you know? Yeah, we're not even doing that. I mean, we're literally going out for meetups and stuff. And then, you know, I've, I've had someone recently message us and say, I don't care about your meetups. Don't do them. They're a waste of time. I just want your content. Oh, my God. But people love to meet us. We love to meet them. I can't tell you how many times we've met people in person. And it was just a joy to get to know them a little better. Yeah, I really, really enjoy the build up to a meetup when you guys are talking about it on each episode and you put the word out there, be it in LA, Vegas, or like, I don't know if you did Vegas actually, but you, you, you do around Kansas City and you try to go, or, I think you did one in New York recently as well, wasn't it? Uh, the New York one was a while back. Yeah, but I'm, the point I'm trying to make, I suppose, is that you really, it really comes across that you are interested in engaging with your fans and your, the people who listen and they love engaging with you because you get that back tenfold am i right oh right and so they come up and they want to thank us but we thank them because they're what make the show you know we could put out quality content all day long but if no one hears it no one listens and it doesn't matter yeah yeah exactly um, and I think people really re appreciate that as well. I'm just in a position where I'm in Kildare in Ireland, you're in Kansas City over in the States. And if I could, I would, but uh, I will do one day. I was hoping to go to um, to CrimeCon this year, but uh, Nashville is just a bit out of my, my price range. But it's going to happen, man. I'm going to buy you a beer for sure. <laughs> what kind of beer? <laughs> Whatever beer you want. Whatever he's having, bartender. <laughs> well, I drink stouts mostly. Do you like Guinness? Uh, I like the, I'll drink the Guinness Extra Stout. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been in Ireland and tasted a pint of Irish Guinness? No. Would you like to? Oh, sure. <laughs> well, listen, will you put Dublin or Ireland on the long, long list of requests that you have uh, for, for going to visit places? Right. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is I don't have a passport, but what? Justin swears that he's going to help me correct that soon. <laughs> He's your, he really is a great friend. Yeah, and he really wants us to get, you know, to go visit people. He doesn't like spending money. Like, if I tell him we need an extra mic or something, he'll probably squint his eyes and look at me funny. <laughs> but if I say we need to go to London, then he'll say, when are we going? <laughs> 
That's his that's his initial response, but he won't get a new mic. <laughs> no, he he doesn't mind spending money on food or travel. <laughs> Everything else is, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's unnecessary. So th- this podcast, Aaron, is about, I suppose it, it incorporates my own journey of mental health management. And I got to say, doing um, setting up the Dan Kale Wellness Project was a pivotal moment in my life because I knew that I had to, whilst physical training and, you know, watching what I was eating and working well and keeping active had been my primary go-tos in terms of managing my depression and managing everything I was trying to manage. Actually, setting up this podcast has been has had the greatest impact on it. So that's one of the reasons I was so grateful that you came on because I've reached out to many, many people who have inspired me to do something like that. So would you say that setting up the Generation Y had an impact on your happiness and wellness at all? Um, yes, it means I get less sleep. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I do get a lot out of the messages of support we get and we get so many every day. I, I, I can only say that we probably get one negative message a month or every two months. It's really just been great. But um, no, doing the podcast has been difficult and yeah. I've taken some time lately off of my day job so that I can work on me. Okay, and uh, one of the things I've been doing is I've been trying to move more, exercise more, because I need that. And as you know, the more you exercise, uh, the better impact you have on working on depression or if you're burnt out. Any of those things tend to kind of go away once you're putting back into you. I could not agree with you more. And it's something that I have been blogging about on you know Instagram and Facebook Facebook for about four years now I, f- I feel like there's a direct correlation with the amount that I move be it weightlifting walking getting outside running whatever exercise suits whatever individual I really feel there's a correlation between how well I can manage my balance in my life and you know how much exercise I'm doing I, I, I think that it's absolutely essential have you found that yes and my problem, though, is getting that time in. So, uh, you know, this week I've managed to go for several walks, really long walks, like hour-long walks. Um, and I've also been using my kettlebells. Oh, nice. You got them in, at home? Yes, I have uh, three or four of them, I think. It's a really good – I think that's really good advice for people like yourself who literally, because of what they have taken on in their lives, have – minimal time getting a couple of different weight kettlebells into your living room or into your space at home and using outdoors just go for walks a couple of two or three long walks a week really can be what all you need to keep that balance there yeah and the walks what i do is i take my media player with me i have a cowan plenu d yeah and it has like 120 gigs of storage on it and i've got it filled with music and podcasts and i'll just go for a long walk and listen to music and I can look out at the sky and feel the breeze and it just, you know, the sun's hitting me. So it's uh, it's something that's good for me. Yeah, well, we've just had our first two days of sun in 2018 here. <laughs> I'm literally, oh, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. I'm looking out the window right now and the sun is shining right into my eyes. And I don't care if I'm being blinded right now. This I'm just sucking in the vitamin D. I think for me, certainly, um, that it, my mood has been off the scale just for these past two days because of the exposure to the sunlight like what's it like over in kansas what what's the general um the weather like do you get a lot of rain all year long or is it kind of unpredictable 
Yeah, in Kansas City, it's actually kind of a split city where one side's on Kansas, one side's on Missouri. We're in Missouri, but uh, it's actually been really nice the last two days. It's been getting up into about 60 degrees, Okay, but uh, we're, we're hoping it'll warm up even more here soon. And you obviously find that that has a huge, uh, a big impact on, on yourself as well? Well, we need sunlight, and um, unfortunately, I'm the kind of person that enjoys the darkness, but yeah. I know I need sunlight. And vitamin D is something, if you're not getting it, your health's going to go downhill. I mean, yeah. you're more vulnerable to viruses and all kinds of things if you're not getting that. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, like, we we probably get about maybe 10 days of sunshine a year in Ireland. So we got to look at other avenues. And exercise has been my avenue to get some sort of relief from that, you know. Is there a way you can send me a picture at some point so I can see what this looks like? You're saying you don't get much sunlight. Is it just cloudy? Is it overcast? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's cloudy all the time. And it mightn't even rain for like six, seven days, but it'll be cloudy that entire time, which is really weird. So what would I tell people? Uh, you know, let's just say for the sake of things, if, if we were planning to visit uh, Dublin, uh, what do we tell people? Uh, what are one of the you know what would be one of the reasons that we're going there if it's so overcast? Don't even talk there? about the weather. Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> you I have mean, fantastic beer, right? Is that one of the reasons? That's one of the reasons, and I, I am an advocate of that, and I do enjoy a tipple now and then. Um, what I would say to anybody who's looking to come and visit Ireland is it's a very unique place in that um, we don't get offended very easily. All we like to do is have a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Um, we work hard and we welcome people like they've never been welcomed anywhere before. And plus we have areas of the country that literally looks like it's 11 AD. You know, it's oh, like, that so, it's so historic. It's so green. Um, I've had many visitors from the States who, who actually listen to this podcast regularly who I've shown a place called Glendalough. And I can shoot you a few photos from that place. It's absolutely majestic, even in the uh, cloud-covered skies when they're here. Well, some of my family have been to Ireland because my mother's mother was half Irish. Oh, okay. Um, like directly from Ireland. So it was uh, a big thing for her to go over there and visit the country. What was their What was their feedback? Uh, well, she said it was very difficult to get around there, but she said it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Notice I didn't mention the great public transport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she made sure to tell me about that. Uh, she said there's. Uh, it's just very different there, and like you said, maybe there are a lot of areas that are like 11 AD. So, uh, yeah, don't expect easy travel from here to there. Right. You got to work a little bit to get to that. Uh, that kind of utopia, you know. So a little different from London. Yeah. you Have you been to London or no? No, I haven't actually left North America ever. Oh, you've never had a passport. I thought it was out of date. Well, I grew up in Michigan, so I was able to just cross the border into Canada all the time, no problem. But that yeah. was before the terrorist attacks on 9-11 in New York. Right. And now you need a passport to go interstate. Uh, no, you just need, yeah, you need to go... If you're going to Canada or Mexico, you need a passport now. Ah, yes, of course, of course. So that kind of cur curtailed you for a while. Well, I hope Justin is, is successful in um, getting you on the path to having a passport because um, you, I think you will absolutely develop a love and lust for travel. Right, and you know the second biggest uh, country 
that where people listen to this show is in England. Oh, okay. It's literally the United States, then it's England. And then Canada? I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I, I'd have to check, but I don't think they're third. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised by uh, our numbers out of Canada, and we have people writing from Canada saying, cover more Canadian cases. Yeah. yeah. And then I say, get us more Canadian listeners. <laughs> I think that's a fair trade, man. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's why we cover uh, cases out of England. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there have been a number of them that we've done that, yeah, that I fascinate just, me. I just listened to the Harold Shipman one actually yesterday because that's actually one of my favorite episodes that you guys have done. Um, it's it's a harrowing... You remember Dr. Death? Yes. Um what is it about English crime that, that fascinates you, or is it is it the specific cases that were fascinating you? Yeah, it's the specific cases. Could be the A6 murder. Oh, yes. Um, there are just so many up there that we have yet to even cover. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the amount of true crime podcasts that, that are out there at the moment? Do you think it's saturated yet? Well, saturation point, yes, that's been reached. But um, there are a lot of good podcasters out there, and... If someone were to ask me to name off a bunch, I, I would be easy to do so. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think it's great. And we're not really in competition with one another. But, um, yeah, I, I think over time we'll see some of that light up. Yeah, I think so. But what what my sense from, you know, being part of podcasts we listen to and true crime podcasts on Facebook, those groups, there is an insatiable appetite for them at the moment i can't believe it well that's fine because i will be releasing a new one probably at the end of the summer or midsummer yes i've been getting updates on my facebook very cryptic updates so do you want to tell the listeners about this new project you're doing well the new project is titled framed and it will be a serial type podcast where we go we'll go through the details of one case mm. in about 10 episodes and really really break it down for you I cannot wait for it. Well, I'm excited. I've released uh, I've released about three episodes now to my uh, my partner in this, and okay. he's been putting it together, and uh, I really like what we're doing with it. That's fantastic, and because it, it, it's obviously different from doing one case per week like you do with Chen Y. Have you found the process of doing framed? completely different to gen y or are there a lot of similarities there there's really no similarity at all wow because it is the format that serial used that that really as you said earlier on it kicked off everything for true crime podcasters right right and with generation y we don't want to be a documentary style show yeah. so that's why people write in and say how come you didn't discuss this like uh Going back to the Lost Girls of Panama, we had people mm. asking, well, how come you didn't talk about all the murders that have happened out there? Well, we've had mysterious disappearances in an area where there were many, many murders, too. But it doesn't mean they're, you know, related at all. Yeah. So for us, that's not even a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the new show is so different because the guy I'm working with is writing it, uh, and okay. he has a lot of contacts. Yes. that have benefited us in this uh, endeavor. So when it comes out, it will be very different from Generation Y. The only thing that will be similar is I'm doing the talking, but okay. I'm the only voice you'll hear other than the voice actors. Yeah. Well, like you do have an excellent voice for podcasting. I think you've been told that many, many times. I'm sure that was one of the first things your new partner said about the deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I think part of it too is though he was looking for someone who was established to do something with, and oh, it makes it easier than if he just started out and tried to do it on his own. Yeah. Um, but we've been able to help each other because, as I told him, I said I've been doing this for uh, like going on six years now, but. As a listener, he has his ear and he knows what he likes. So yeah. as we're going through this process together, I'm really letting him make a lot of choices too because it's refreshing in that way. I mean, with Generation Y, we've been doing what we've been doing for so long that we kind of have our parts to play. But with this new show, I'm I'm exploring other things. Yes, yes. Um, one of the biggest feedbacks that I always give on the thread, the various threads on, on any of the episodes that you guys do, and, and I've seen it posted numerous, probably hundreds of times at this stage, is how respectful you and Justin are to both the perpetrators and the victims of crimes that you cover. Was that something that you and Justin spoke about before you began, or is it something that just happened because you guys are just really nice people? Yeah, it's really born out of the fact that we're kind of disgusted with the amount of I guess you could say hatred that exists in the world. Yeah. And polarization. Yes. And it just seems like it's unnecessary. I completely agree. So I just love that your dynamic around being respectful in that way grew out of that as, as nearly a way to fight back against that. Yeah. And it, it just happened naturally. We never really discussed it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And is that the most common feedback from your side of things that you get? Yes. And you know, the other thing is we get messages from people who knew the victims or knew, knew the perpetrators. Uh, so when they send in the information to us, they say, I just love how you covered this. I felt like you respected those who were involved. I think that that is the number one, that that is what makes Gen Y the number one podcast out there. Now I know I'm biased because I'm a huge fan and I listen all of the time, but I, I, I really don't I don't get that sense of other podcasts and it's not because they're not being respectful. It's just maybe they are more of an, an, a storytelling podcast or they're, they're less discussion-y and the, and the relationship between the hosts are definitely not as strong as you, as you and Justin, you know? Well, and we've sat down or talked with other podcasters and a number of them have said, we tried doing it your way <laughs> and we can't do it. Why? Because they need to be scripted. They can't just freely talk about stuff but that's why we put in all that time studying all all month long is when we go to sit down he and i can just talk about it like two friends talking about you know the fights at ufc or something sure sure and that's that's it that's the appeal so like it comes across how well it is researched and then it's it's a chat between friends which ironically is exactly the whole uh, approach I've taken to this podcast as well because I think natural conversation can't be beaten when, when I'm listening to something anyway right it makes you want to be a part of the conversation and so we get a lot of people write in and say I'm a friend of yours you just don't know me yet yeah <laughs> and if you weren't running a podcast that's kind of a creepy email yeah but I don't know I <laughs> but you are it. I know what they're talking about of course of course so you mentioned UFC there Aaron because I didn't want to spend the whole entire our whole entire time talking about Gen Y because it is just a small part or a big part of your life but how did you and Justin get become interested in UFC did either of you ever partake uh, well what happened was is back in 1993 we started to get together to watch boxing matches with friends at my house uh, or at my place. And um, something happened where it just didn't work. Like the boxing pay-per-view went out or something and we couldn't get it. Yeah. And we noticed that there was something on 
titled UFC. <laughs> and it was the very first UFC. Oh, wow. And so we rented it and we were blown away because they literally pitted these guys against each other with different backgrounds, different fighting styles, just yeah. to see who the best was. It's absolutely fascinating to watch. I, I, I adore watching it. And it's not just because of our, um, our native hero, Conor McGregor, although he's let himself down lately. I've, I was watching it before he came on the scene as well. Um, you're right. It, it's something, there's something very visceral about the fact that they're, they're not nobody is your standard fighter everybody has their own style and skill and you never know what you're going to see on saturday night that's that's the beauty of it and I, so i'm tied into the whole you know who's going to win thing but i'm also really captivated by the fact that these guys train with a team but then they go out by themselves and they they have to perform yeah and you know it's just like anything else i've had days where i get up and i've been, i've felt great all week and then i wake up that day and i'm off nothing's going my way right. and i can only imagine that's what happens with these fighters mm-hmm. and i've seen fights where i can see someone who's having an off day and then they somehow win that fight yeah at phoenix from the ashes yeah and it's a beautiful thing to watch and it just it excites you and and you know i'm watching a fight and if i jump off the couch that means you know i'm totally invested in this and that's actually and, part, uh, that's part of how you manage your wellness yeah you have to have things to look forward to if all you're doing is working constantly you end up like jack torrance in the shining <laughs> <laughs> what's the big what's the famous phrase here's johnny that's right that's the line from the movie why does he say here's johnny when it's jack uh it has to do with johnny carson Ah, okay. okay. The old late night talk host that used to have a hit show. Oh, that and, was the catchphrase. Uh, he was just like announcing, like, here's Johnny. Like, the show's about to start, only this show has an axe in it. <laughs> What's your favorite movie that you've seen recently? You know, that's a really good question. Favorite movies, I, I would say there's a couple. I, I went and saw A Quiet Place, and that was pretty amazing. Yeah, and em- Emily Blunt. I recently watched Logan on ultra HD. And, uh, I never really wanted to see it because I've, I've just really not been into the superhero movies lately. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I recently watched Thor Ragnarok and didn't like it, mm. but I watched Logan and I was really, really surprised by it. I thought it was really well done. Okay. Well, I haven't seen either of those and I plan on watching both of them. Um, certainly Emily Blunt in a quiet place. I, I listened to your review. You and Justin did a review of it. You were obviously struck so much by it that you wanted to put a review on, on the uh, Patreon feed. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a great movie and, um, I'm always encouraging people to go watch something if I think it's worth their while. For people who haven't seen it. And I, I'm one of those people. Would you say that it's similar in tone to get out? No, okay. I, I don't know if I would say that. Um, maybe I would say it's similar in tone to don't breathe in a way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen that one? Yes. Yeah. That's a fantastic movie. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. So what do you think of Conor McGregor's antics lately? I know we veered off the course of UFC, but I really wanted (laughs) to get your, uh, your opinion from outside of Ireland. Cause I know from me and most of my UFC loving mates, it's kind of the straw that has nearly broke the camel's back with him for us. Yeah, okay, so here's my take on it. I think Connor should give those guys who lost fights, um, who couldn't show up to the event because they were injured, I think he should pay them some money. Mm. Um, I don't know that he needs to go out and make a huge apology. I think the best thing he can do is move forward and try to do better. But 
with Connor, it's difficult to change someone, change who they are. And he didn't come into a lot of money until not that long ago. Yeah. And we're expecting this guy that probably came from nothing and now has everything to suddenly be this completely cultured, responsible guy. Well, yeah, a model that's just not going to happen overnight. But I can tell you that his success means that he's put in a lot of work. Mm. So even though he's not saying it, I suspect that he's going to be working on himself. You think so? I think so. I think uh, going forward, he realizes the kind of acts that he does uh, have repercussions. And he's very supportive of his teammates. And I don't think he wants to do anything to hurt them. Yeah, well, one of the best uh, tweets that I saw around that time was, yeah, say what you want about McGregor, but... Um, if I had a guy who got in his private jet with six mates to come over to the States and protect me, then I consider him a good friend. Yeah, I mean, it's the good and the bad. You know, he's going to do some really bad things and he'll do some great things. He's done a lot of things for his teammates. Yeah. And there's no question that he's helped some of them get into the UFC and get good con contracts. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, as a fighter, people ask me all the time, you know, where do you put Conor McGregor? Is he one of your favorites? And I don't know that he's one of my favorites, but man, he's just what the UFC needs. He's a perfect poster guy. He's the guy that talks and everybody wants to hear what he has to say. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen if he fights Tony Ferguson or Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. So the fights are there. The interest is there. And truth, you know, if I was a fighter, I wouldn't be able to talk like he does because I don't like putting people down. I don't like getting in their face, but that's what you need. You need a guy that's abrasive like that. So that either you're for him or against him. It creates a whole narrative here, a whole storyline that people want to follow. Yeah, yeah. And I do want him, I do want Connor to come on to the Dan Cow Wellness Project podcast, but maybe he needs to spend a bit of time working on himself before uh, he comes on here. Well, maybe you can help him out, right? I'd love to. I'd love to have a chat with him. I've reached out to him a number, to a number of times, but I'm sure, as you're aware, he's impossible to get in touch with. Well, let's put it this way. Um, our show isn't nearly as popular as Connor is. And we get so many messages that I can't respond to all of them. Wow. How many downloads are you guys at now? Do you know? I don't know because I only go to certain places to check our downloads and you can't see them all in one place. Um, like Google Play, they keep their own stats because they actually suck the podcasts onto their servers and then serve them out. So they don't come from our feed. And that's true of all kinds of avenues like Spotify. So really, uh, yeah. So, um, so you're telling me you're telling me I could have more than six and a half thousand downloads. Yeah, but if you have that many downloads, that's really really good. I mean, how long have you been doing this? Well, I started it actually this this day two years ago, but um, I've just done the fourth. This will be my thirty ninth episode, so spaced out over yeah. two years. That's not that's bad. very very good. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest compliment I could have received from you. Yeah, seriously, it's a, it's a work in progress, and as you work and you stick around longer, um, you know, more people will find you. And, and yeah, and how do you break out? So I don't know if you talk to other bloggers or other podcasters, go on their shows, uh, you know, yeah, similar topics-related shows. Well, one, one thing that I've – I said this on a couple of podcasts recently, and I, I actually had to take a break from recording because I really wasn't feeling great myself, and I just didn't feel motivated, and I needed to – take a break from talking about wellness for a while because I was really feeling depressed you know I was coming off antidepressant medication and I'm feeling good now but the thing the thing about running a wellness podcast is it's really difficult when you're not well 
Well, I might disagree with you because, um, how do I put this? It's kind of like if we never knew what misery was, then we wouldn't really be able to appreciate the happiness. Mm. You know what I mean? You have to go through those dark times to appreciate it. And if you come through the other side, sometimes you learn something. So you can actually pass on some good advice to people who are going through uh, depressing times and need more wellness. Well, you know, I really appreciate you saying that because that is the mind frame that I'm in now. And I'm more consistent now with the podcast than I've ever been before. And, you know, I've got like 20, 30 episodes lined up and, um, my goal, my personal goal as a podcast host and cre- a content creator is to, even if I am feeling bit down or not, um, not my full 100%, I'm going to, my commitment is to plow ahead with creating because I know how much it gives to me and I know how much it helps other people who are in difficult situations. So that's my goal going forward. Yeah, and have you gotten feedback yet from people who say the episode that you released today made a big difference? Aaron, it's unbelievable, particularly over the last four or five weeks. Um, people have come back to me, have reached out to me, said they're going through a tough time, but even listening to such and such an episode made a difference in their day and I cannot I'm sure you have a similar experience with people reaching out to you who are going through tough times and your podcast provides them with some relief there is nothing like getting that message nothing yeah I can tell you uh so last week or so someone wrote in and said that their dad had taken their own life and they they had really really reached a depression point that Mm -hmm. was difficult to deal with and then they started listening to our show again and they started feeling better. Now, I didn't understand that, but that same day I went in for a meeting with uh, with someone to talk with about my problems. Yeah. And when I walked out of that meeting, I realized that you need a distraction because mm-hmm. it's not healthy to settle on one thing and stick with it for day after day after day because it will hurt you. Yeah. And it really, the distraction helps you recover because you need to go on. You need to continue. And that's what wellness is about because it's not just your life. I mean, you have friends, you have family, and they need you, and you need them. Yeah, I I couldn't have put it better myself. And you actually just gave an answer to the question that I was going to ask you before we finish now shortly, which was what does wellness mean to you? But I could not have uh, asked for a better answer than that. Yeah, it's it's really what does it mean for you and everyone you care about and who cares about you? Yes. and and What you do affects everyone. Yes, and even taking the time to consider what wellness, like anybody listening to the this episode of the podcast, if you actually sit down in a quiet space and consider what wellness means to you, you will feel better. Yeah, we're all searching for answers, and one of the most popular questions is, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. But really, if you're getting something out of it, then I think you've answered your own question. You know, you don't have to satisfy someone else's answer or question you have to satisfy your own that's why you need to sit down and ask yourself those questions yeah it's it's about the intention and i'm bringing that awareness into your your, you know your psychological process of okay i'm I'm trying to find out and even by just asking yourself that question it has a, a, a great impact on how you're feeling yeah because it's concern and if you're concerned then maybe you can do something about it it's when you've given up that's when you can't do anything about it and you won't be asking those questions Sure. When when people call you, or sorry, call you, when people email you like that um, gentleman that you mentioned whose father took his own life, it's obviously, do you have a background in social work or social care or psychological areas? Like, how do you find that, how have you found that you've been able to deal with those kind of messages over the years? Uh, really, it's just being honest. 
you know, I let people know what I can't do, what I can't say, but I can empathize. And certainly that guy, I just, what I did for him was I actually wrote him back and told him how I understood now why our show probably helped him. And then I also sent him a t-shirt. Oh man, that's so sweet. And I don't know why, but he said that really meant a lot to him. Of course Uh, it did. He said he really loves our show and that, you know, hearing all these stories, uh, he realized that there are people that go through terrible things as well. And so it's just, it's just that he's not going through it alone. There are many people out there who, who are hurting. Yes. And the fact that you took the time to reply to him and with the added bonus of sending the t-shirt, I believe that that connection that was made for him helped him through a really, really tricky period in his life. So fair play to you, man. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I said, I try to give back in some way to those who support us. Well, dude, it's just like I said to you earlier on about the way you and Justin are together on the podcast and the feedback about people saying you treat everybody with respect and, you know, with kindness. That translates when you're interacting with, with your supporters. Um, so I, I'm in no way surprised by any of that. If anybody is listening to this episode of the Dankyo Wellness Project podcast and you are having a tough time, please feel free to reach out to me at dankyowellnessproject at gmail.com. I'll try and offer some support and advice. And if that doesn't work, I'll try and signpost you to somebody who will be better served to, to help you in your situation. I'd love you to reach out. You can also get me at Dankyo Wellness Project on the Instagram platform and the Facebook platform. But finally, Aaron, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I know we did spend some of some of this episode talking about how little time you are. I want to let you know how grateful and sincerely happy I am that you came on and shared your ideas with us today. Um, it really means the world to me and you've made my day a hell of a lot better. Well, you made my day better, Dan. Cheers, Aaron. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, man.